In today's show, we look at injuries around the NBA, what we do with these players, their replacements, how long they're going to be out, all the updates. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. You can find me as always on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So we're here to look at injuries. It is a different schedule day in the NBA, MLK day. So a lot of the games have already started um, I'm recording this at 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday. So as we know, things are always evolving. So you'll hear me talk about something and then in an hour's time, we'll get an update on it. You can't always be up to date on every injury in every show. That's what happens with recorded shows. I'm not going to live stream 24 hours a day so that we can keep the information going. But that's where, that's where we are. That's the time that we're doing it. Um, and the information that I'm providing is... You know, Current uh, is what I know at this point in the day, and it's getting all that out of the way, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the Atlanta Hawks. There's no injuries. Oh, that's great news. And there's actually a few of those teams um, that just don't have any injuries at the moment. We know that Clinker Pala returned to action today after he had been out for um, you know, weeks without calf injury. Trey Young had been dealing with some shoulder stuff. Bogdanovich missed last game with a quad injury, but they're all good and they're all ready to go. I would still hold a Kongwu for now. Sometimes I say things and I, it's not clear. Because I said the other day, hey, look, Capella might be back here. Make sure you hold a Kongwu. So I say, oh, I hear this every time. And a Kongwu always fades away into nothing. Yes. Yes, that's true. And we don't have any faith in a Kongwu being a long-term, season-long player. But what, what I was trying to say is, while Capella returns in the first few games, when Capella plays 20 minutes or 21 minutes and a Kongwu plays 26 and 27, then we just hold Okongwu, until it goes back, until Clint plays 28, and when Clint plays 28 and Okongwu plays 19 or 20, then we drop him. But we don't auto-drop him because Capella returned. And as we see today, like, Capella didn't even start for the Hawks. Okongwu started in that game, and it will be a slower ramp-up. It might be next week that we drop Okongwu, but we don't auto-drop him in this scenario. I hope that, hope that clears that up. Because again, sometimes I'm not 100% clear with what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's a rest-of-season hold for someone like Okongwu, but it is a short-term one. The Boston Celtics, well, they're pretty clean as well. It's just Jalen Brown who's dealing with this adductor injury. JB, you've done it again. So we're expecting him not to play this week. Um, Derek White was dealing with that um, neck issue, but he was fine. He played in Monday's game. Um, you see the the boost in value to guys like Grant Williams uh, at times, but more likely uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Derek White with Jalen Brown out. Just make sure those guys are rostered. Grant is more of a streamer type of a player. And we are getting some more Peyton Pritchard minutes. So for deeper leagues, that's where we look there. So Jalen probably back. They go on a road trip, a three-game road trip starting Saturday. Maybe he returns in the Florida portion of that where they play Orlando, Miami, Monday, Tuesday. I wouldn't expect that he plays both of those games in a back-to-back on his return. So maybe the Tuesday against the Heat is a, um, a reasonable expectation for Jalen Brown's uh, return to action. It is a little bit more serious on the injury front in Brooklyn. We know that Kevin Durant is dealing with that MCL injury, so he's 
not back until February, maybe after the All-Star break. And the worry we had with his absence has sort of come true in terms of who is the replacement. Well, nobody. Everybody and nobody all at once. Seth Curry, Joe Harris, TJ Warren. The guy is Royce O'Neal. That's the guy we grab. But those other players, they're just going to go back and forward and not be really consistent. And you can take flyers on them, but none of them are absolute must rosters. I still probably prefer Warren, but he did have a stinker last game. You know, I don't love Harris. I don't love Curry. They're fine, but they haven't really, you know, none of them are likely to establish themselves as must roster players. Ben Simmons missed last game with back soreness, but he's actually been taken off the injury report. So he'll be ready to go for Tuesday. So that's good news. In Charlotte, Gordon Hayward. Is he going to be doubtful next game, Charlotte? Are you going to do this again for the third time this season? He is, well, not third time for Hayward, because he has now been doubtful seven consecutive games. They play now again on Wednesday. I don't know why they wouldn't just rule Hayward out for the two to three weeks that it takes for a hamstring to heal. But of course, NBA teams, and especially these sneaky, very, very good teams like the Hornets, these amazing teams with this great advantage that are really pulling the wool over the other NBA team's eyes, and it's working to perfection with their um, obfuscation with injury reporting. It's working so well. Um, So I'm not sure we get a clear answer from them on Hayward's injury status. So we'll see. But we are getting to that stage where I can't just automatically rule him out because it has been two plus weeks. For this hamstring injury, would I rush to grab him? No, I don't think I would. He wasn't playing very well before he was hurt. I don't know when he's coming back. I would consider it, but I wouldn't rush to do it. Ubre is probably another three weeks away. Maybe start of February with his hand surgery. I don't believe that he is a must-roster player. A lot of what he was able to do early season damage was because Haywood was out, because Lamelo Ball was out, because Terry Rozier was out, and they were, for some godforsaken reason, feeding and running the offense through him. Yet, he's a man who never passes in his life. And... Is that going to be what happens? Like on this team with Cody Martin back now, can Ubre actually play 30 minutes? I doubt it. So I wouldn't look to hold him necessarily. And then Cody Martin missed today's game with that knee soreness after that surgery. I think he'll be fine for Wednesday's game, um, but you know, we're not really rostering him in fantasy leagues anyway. Chicago Bulls don't play until Thursday. They're heading over to Paris to take on the Detroit Pistons. Javante Green still dealing with that knee or had that knee surgery where he's not going to be back until February, which continues to give a boost to Patrick Williams' minutes. It doesn't turn Patrick Williams into a good player because he isn't. And we don't need to be holding on to Patrick Williams, obviously. While DeMar DeRozan is likely to return, he's listed probable. He missed three consecutive games with that uh, quad issue, but he should return on Thursday. So some good news there, but that just means that the value of someone like an Alex Caruso coach Kobe White, those players, their value drops off and you absolutely do not need to hold them. Same with Ayo Dusumu through this week, waiting for them to return. While Lonzo Ball, there's always these weird reports, oh, Lonzo's dunking, he's doing running, I don't care. I'm just not bothering with him. He's not going to do anything that's impactful for fantasy this season. You do not need him clogging up an injured slot at all. Um, just don't bother. Don't don't react to any of these things when you see them. Um, he's, he's still miles away. Like, don't, don't do it. This is not happening. The Cleveland Cavaliers... Some pretty solid news there for them. This is the injury report. Dean Wade did have a setback in his shoulder rehab, so maybe another two weeks for him. Dylan Windler, I think we can just write him off. I don't, don't think he's playing at any point soon. But they're not key... Ro- Wade's a key rotation piece, but Windler isn't. And with Wade out, we're just seeing Okoro, Osman, Stevens, Levert take those minutes. And really, none of that impacts fantasy at all. Mitchell was... Um, Ill last game, still played 37 minutes. He sucked, but he still played 37 minutes. So there's no real concerns there with this team, which again is a huge positive. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. 
If one of your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and to save money, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about, like streaming service that you bought and you just did it to like watch one show or that free trial that you never even use. I know we've got subscriptions to things like, oh man, when did we get that? Oh yeah, that's because um, my partner was deciding, hey, I need to subscribe to AMC because I want to watch Interview with a Vampire. I think it was interview there. Yeah, anyway, something that I didn't want to watch, but there it was. And we got that subscription now. So then I, maybe I need to look into this because this can find out all these unwanted subscriptions that we that we have that we don't need. It can quickly identify the subscriptions that you, that you have and it helps you stop paying for the ones that you don't want. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going, going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. NBA. As I've just realized, I didn't have the screen over there. Oh, well, you should have had my screen, my face doing this. Oh, there you go. Just imagine that it was a full screen of me telling you about Rocket Money. Let's go to the Dallas Mavericks. A um, few injuries here. The hope is that outside of Muxy Kleber, these guys are all back. Josh Green looked like he could have been back on Sunday, but he didn't. But they're targeting him returning Wednesday from that, uh, that green injury, that elbow injury. His return makes it likely that Nilakina is out of the rotation. What they do with Jaden Hardy, I don't know, because Hardy has shown proclivity for scoring, but only really seems to happen in games that Doncic is out. Doncic rested Sunday. He will be fine, I'm sure. Well, we should be getting really close to the return of Dorian Finney-Smith as well with his adductor issue. Obviously, we're not adding Finney-Smith in 10 or 12-team leagues, maybe 14. That's probably where he sits, but he should be returning. And then Tim Hardaway missed Sunday's game with an ankle injury. There's a chance that he's ready to play. Now, he was playing like 37 minutes a night with both Green and Finney Smith out, and I don't expect that he continues to play that level of minutes, maybe more than 29 or 30 minutes. So expect a drop-off from Hardaway where he goes from, yeah, probably roster, probably stream to a guy where you go, oh, maybe. Like 37 minutes a night, Tim Hardaway, the volume can overcome some of the nonsense. 28 minutes, 30 minutes when Finney Smith and Green and that are playing, and maybe an elevation of Hardy, doubtful, um, that impacts Hardaway. And he was playing 30 minutes a night, 29 minutes a night when these guys were healthy. So that's something to just be aware of if we do have Finney Smith and Green returning for their game on Wednesday, which is what I do expect that you'll get a reduction in Hardaway if he actually is able to return as well. Denver's got a lengthy looking injury list, but it's no one massively important on there. Well, that's not true. There's one player there. Um, interestingly, they did list the headmaster Jamal Murray as probable with an ankle sprain. He's been playing through that. That's fine. The five-minute man, Bones Highland, he sprained his ankle last game after nine minutes and never returned. He's not a 12-team league must-roster player. He's fine in 14-team leagues. We'll watch the status there. And then it's just a bunch of other guys, like Jeff Green with a finger still probably a few weeks away. Vlatko Chanchar, who'd been playing actually really well and a deeper league option. Missed last game with a leg problem. He's been sort of like a Jeff Green fill-in. And with Green out, and Chanchar out, we saw DeAndre Jordan back in the rotation along with Zeke Naji. And then there's Peyton Watson and Colin Gillespie who just, are they will they ever play a game this season I, or, or play any meaningful minutes? Almost definitely not. The Detroit Pistons. Um, the big one here is uh, Jalen Duran. Now, they don't play until Thursday. Duran has missed, what, five games or so? Yeah, five games with this ankle problem that sort of came out of nowhere. We hope that he's ready to go on Thursday. The reason why his absence is so important for the values of these players, because if he starts at center, Isaiah Stewart starts at power forward, and Sadiq Bay moves to the bench. And Sadiq Bay has been thriving with Duran, Stewart, 
Bogdanovich all out over the last week. He's been putting up big, bigger numbers, more shots. He's played 34, 38, 31, 36 minutes to the press penis in the last four, four games. A lot of shots, but if he moves to the bench and plays 26 minutes and doesn't get those shots, then the value's not there for him. He needs a lot of minutes and a lot of volume to even approach 12-team league value. And if Duran returns, even though they don't play the same position, he, he is the guy that sort of is the key to all of this. And they don't play till Thursday. So I am expecting Duran to play. Bogdanovich missed the last game with um, illness. So he should be fine to go. That's another one that really impacts. Last game, we saw big games from Bay, big games from Ivy. They stepped it up, taking Bogdanovich's usage. And you know, we're able to be sort of efficient. But if Bogdanovich plays, then those guys don't have that opportunity. But he should be back. Well, Marvin Bagley, we're still you know, three weeks away from him and his hand in- injury. Sure, maybe four weeks. Surely nobody in 10 or 12 or 14 team leagues is bothering to hold on to Marvin Bagley. If you are, good luck. It's been great having you on the show. You're not going to like things that I say about Marvin Bagley when he returns. Um, Golden State Warriors. There's a few injuries here, but they're not anything long-term. Clay is resting Monday's game. Kaminga is still out with a foot sprain. Jermichael Green's out with a leg infection. And James Wiseman is dealing with that ankle issue still. But they all could be back within the week. Not that they impact a huge amount. Their next game is on Thursday. Thursday, Friday, back-to-back they have. But if Kaminga Green and Wiseman all come back, then the value of someone like Anthony Lamb, who's been consistently getting over 20 minutes a night, even the minutes of, say, Dante DiVincenzo, who played 25, 26 the last two games, it probably drops these guys down somewhat. The other one is Andre Iguodala, who sat out for four years, came back, played three games, and now has missed two consecutive games with um, hip soreness. Cool. Um, yeah, I don't think... Obviously, no one is rostering him in fantasy leagues. He would have been an interesting assist stream guy today, but he's not playing. So there you go. The Rockets, relatively healthy as well. Again, for all of the complaining that people will do in fantasy, again, it's the worst ever. It's so bad. There's a lot of teams with no injuries. There's a lot of teams with very marginal injuries. This is nothing compared to what it was, say, last season, I'd say, or maybe even the year before. This this is actually nothing in comparison. I know it hurts to have a lot of top guys out. And we're going to talk about a few of those. That, that does hurt. But the overall injury landscape in the NBA is not as bad as I think people expect, or if people think it is. Kevin Porter Jr., cousin Kev, has missed the last two with a foot contusion. They He's currently, we don't know, well, actually, I'm trying to see. He hasn't been updated. The status hasn't been updated for Monday's game against the Lakers. So I don't know if he's playing there. We just keep rolling with KJ Martin. They did start absolutely inexplicably. Last game, Dacian Nix in his place. Dacian Nix had one of the worst games you will ever see. Um, that's because he was the third string point guard on the worst team in the NBA. But when you can give him 36 minutes a night, you've always got to take that opportunity. We know that. That's written in the constitution. So with KPJ out, you look at KJM. That's Kenyon Martin Jr. Who's a nice scoring option. Who's playing 30 plus minutes a night with him out. He's a nice field goal percentage player. I don't. He's not particularly reliable. But he is an option with uh, cousin Kev, likely or you know, likely on the sideline for at least another game or so. Indiana Pacers. This game is currently ongoing as I am recording this. The Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton is still out. They said two weeks initially. I'm thinking it's at least still another two weeks from here for him to return. Miles Turner was dealing with back spasms, but he returned, and then I think at halftime he'd played 20 minutes in the first half, so that was cool. With a Halliburton injury, obviously TJ McConnell is the guy really stepping up, but I still believe that both of those players, McConnell and Andrew Nembhard, are 12-team league players. I still believe that they are both 12-team league players, 
even though, look, this is what we said initially. Someone informed me what I said, that if McConnell plays 25 minutes a night, then he is the option over Nembhard. He's the, the one that you prefer, but we just didn't have 100% confirmation of that. And we had to be careful about looking into the Nembhard game against the Warriors because there was no Duarte or McConnell or Halliburton in that game. And they're, they're the games that he really popped off. And that's actually proven to be true. But you can still, like, Nembhard's game is still fine and McConnell's game is still good. And these are still both 12-team league players. With Halliburton out. Kendall Brown still dealing with a stress reaction. Daniel Tice still dealing with his knee injury. Today's episode is also brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there. The NFL playoffs, college basketball, the NBA, it's all there at betonline.net. We've got odds for next week's playoff games already. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites over the Giants. The Chiefs are nine-point favorites over the Jaguars. And the Bills are five-point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals. That is all up already at BetOnline.net, as well as the Cowboys being two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buccaneers in today's game. So they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to that website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go to the Clippers. Few injuries on this list, but again, we don't think anything here is majorly long-term apart from uh, perhaps one of them that doesn't impact us that much. Marcus Morris missed the game on Sunday with a knee contusion. He's listed questionable for Tuesday. Paul George with the um, hamstring is doubtful for Tuesday. I didn't think he was ever going to play that. That was a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday. But this is what happened. I, I don't. I cannot for the life of me understand. Oh, and actually, you know what? I do know what happened. No, actually... I, Let's go take three. I don't know what happened, but I can presume what happened with Paul George. Paul George played that game against, who was it? Against the Nuggets. Hurt his hamstring. Um, No, it wasn't against the Nuggets. It was against the Heat on the 2nd of January. Hurt his hamstring, left the game, came back in with it strapped up and tried to to finish the game off. And he had it all strapped up and we go, oh, no, hamstring again. That's not good. And then Thursday, even though he just hurt, hurt his hamstring, he played in that game against the Nuggets. And you know why I think he played? Is because so many people, so many absolute dickheads in the media constantly attack Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for being injured. They do it all the time. because they And they insinuate, sometimes blatantly, sometimes boldly, that they're faking. You're not actually really hurt. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace to the NBA. You shouldn't be out here. You guys are soft. None of you guys should be doing this. Um, You're stealing money off organizations and off fans. This is what these media people say, right? And I am certain that that led to Paul George playing that game against the Nuggets, that game where they got blown out at halftime. He played 14 minutes and he hasn't played since, right? These players hear this stuff. They hear it all the time, how soft they are and how disgusting it is that they sit games out. Like Paul George was legitimately hurt. That's why he's been out for two plus weeks with a hamstring strain because that's what happens when you strain your hamstring. Now, is it frustrating that he keeps getting injured? Yes, it is. But it's not. it shouldn't be an attack on someone's character that they get hurt. And I think that, that those consistent attacks, maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I, I very well could be. But if I put two and two together, the consistent attacks on someone's character and you know, making them out to be evil swindlers who are disrespecting the game, the sport, the world, the culture, whatever, because they just refused to play, made Paul George push through against probably medical advice, and the team should have done a better job with this, and now he's hurt again. 
for a longer period of time. And it's annoying. Like These guys are hurt. That's what happens when you get injuries. And you see what? Kawhi Leonard's healthy and he's playing 38 minutes a night. Hmm. What a shock that is. Anyway, Paul George is out with a hamstring injury. Luke Kennard's still dealing with a calf injury. Missed the exact same amount of time as Paul George here. No one says anything about him being soft because um, he restrained a calf injury that he had previously. Because NBA players, despite the common misconception, they get pushed back too early. Unless you're Jonathan Isaac. They get pushed back too early from injury recoveries, especially soft tissue injuries. All the time, they get pushed back too early in their recovery. It happens all the time. How many re-injuries have we seen this season? Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Luke Kennard. Oh, there's been so many of them. And there's others I can't think. There's so many soft tissue re-injuries because they get pushed back too early. Anyway, with George and Kennard out, it is boosting the value of Norman Powell, who remains a 12-team guy. Terrence Mann is worth the look. He's playing huge minutes, 35-41, 33-41. He's only had one really big game there, but that value plus the Tuesday-Wednesday back-to-back um, is really valuable for someone like Terrence Mann. And with those guys out, there is a boost there. The other longer-term injury is Johnny Wall with an abdominal injury. He had just started to play like some decent minutes with Reggie Jackson out of the rotation. Not that we needed to pick him up, but he's out for the next few weeks. Jackson takes his place, and we obviously don't add Reggie Jackson. For the Lakers, they do play today on MLK Day, and it is a back-to-back for the Lakers. Not surprisingly, LeBron is listed questionable with an ankle sprain there. He sits quite a few back-to-backs with his ankle that he sprained about five times this season. So let's pay attention to that one. Um, Patrick Beverly had missed the last two games with an illness. He's off the injury report, so he'll return on Monday. Austin Reeves is probably a week away. So is Lonnie Walker, while Anthony Davis, I'd say probably two weeks. So we just keep rolling with Tom Bryan. I remain skeptical that Bryan is going to have any 12-team value when Davis returns. I would still hold Bryan. I would hold him until Davis returns. I would hold him until Davis returns and his ramp back up and we actually see the Bryant role. But I am very, very skeptical of him being able to maintain 12-team league value. And with when Walker and Reeves return and now Beverly return, we can feel pretty confident about moving on from Dennis Schroeder. When those things happen, I still feel okay about moving on from Schroeder at the moment, to be honest. Let's look at um, Memphis. They play on Monday as well. Jamarant is listed questionable with hip soreness. He missed Sunday, Monday last week with hip soreness. He's listed again today with hip soreness. We know what to do. Grab Tyus Jones. Dylan Brooks is off the injury report. Johnny Conchar. Um, what? I'll get to it. John Conchar is dealing with a non-COVID illness. He missed the game on Saturday. His value is obviously tanked, and Zaya Williams is sort of playing a little bit more than him, but they're really the only um, injuries there in Memphis. <clears throat> in Miami, Kyle Lowry. Double-cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. It's really frustrating dealing with this knee injury. Is he worth the hold? That is the tough question here with Lowry. He's going to miss Monday's game. They play again Wednesday. He'd missed three consecutive games prior to Monday. He'd struggled before that. I still think if you're in a solid position in a 12-team league, you, you hold Kyle Lowry because we saw it for six weeks or so at the start of the year where he was putting up top 70 numbers. But I think the knee was bothering him. That was really limiting his aggression on the court. That's why his usage was down. His assists were down. His minutes were a bit down. Now, Lowry can have injuries that last a long time and they persist and they linger. And that is a worrying sign. And if you're in a 10-team league or in a 12-team league that's a little bit shallower or you're backed up with injuries or you're struggling, I get it. Move on. Like Sometimes you just have to make that call here in week 14. But I'm not looking at him as an overall must-drop player. Caleb Barton returned to action today. Um, Duncan Robinson's still out for weeks. Nikola Jovic is out for weeks. Omer Yurtseven 
is out for weeks. So the Heat injury report, those three guys aren't rotation players anyway. The only real major one that we're dealing with now is Lowry because both Hero and Caleb Martin are back in action. This is where the worry is, I think, Milwaukee. Giannis and while I did mention his knee as a concern in the preseason, I feel like I didn't bring it up enough or I didn't... Um, I wasn't as worried as I should have been about Giannis's knee problem. We said that he'll never play 70 games. We said that there will be back-to-back risks with the knee injury, but I don't think I brought it up as a serious concern as what it's been. Not only has Giannis missed two consecutive games, Thursday and Saturday, but he's not playing on Monday. They do have a back-to-back Monday, Tuesday. There's no guarantee he plays in that game on Tuesday with his knee. And I think it's impacting his overall play. That's why his blocks and steals are down. That's why his field goal percentage has been down this season. I don't know what else it could be. I think his knee is bothering him. And I really, really worry because this is not an acute injury. This is a degenerative chronic issue. And I worry about what the hell it means as we move forward. I am really concerned about it. It's not anything that's going to cost months, I don't think. But is this what we deal with with Giannis forever? Remember we heard he had his knee in the um, finals run when they won the title? We go, How? Giannis isn't coming back. And then he came back. Did, did that did that ruin him? I, maybe. It's distinctly possible. We th- I thought he was cooked. I thought ACL done, 12 months. He was black, back in what? Four weeks? Six weeks, whatever it was? Three weeks? I don't know. It was something crazy. And I worry that that actually ruined it. I'm, I am really worried. Chris Middleton, is this bloke real? I, I don't know. Could he play Tuesday? Sure. Could I also come into Tuesday's show with just a highlighted yellow mustache and nothing else? I could, I could do that, yeah. I probably won't, but I could. Same as Milton, could play on Tuesday. It's been just a disaster of a season. A disaster. And again, when we drafted him, it's we knew that he'd miss the first week or two weeks or three weeks of the season with a wrist surgery. And then he missed seven weeks. And now this injury has literally nothing to do with that. And that's annoying. We couldn't have predicted it. You had zero chance. Like, you can't predict any injuries. We didn't know what was going to happen. It's annoying. Is he a drop? I don't know. It's really hard to drop a top 50 player, but I don't think he gets there. I think that he's going to be useful in the fantasy playoffs and you've got to be in a strong position, but Jesus Christ. And with him out, like, Pat Connaughton's not must. Grayson Allen's not a must. No one really is. Joe Ingles resting with his knee. He should be fine on Tuesday. And Serge Barker dealing with personal stuff. He's not really a contributor at all. The Timberwolves. Jordan McLaughlin is still a while away. So he's out this, for a long time with this um, calf issue. I'm recording this in the middle of their game on Monday. So Rudy Gobert played and then went to the locker room in the middle of that game. So I don't actually have an update on him. Towns is still out with the ankle problem, also with the calf problem. He's still probably two to three weeks away, I would guess. But Gobert left last game on Saturday with a groin issue, didn't return. Now he's left Monday's game with a groin injury. And I don't have um, I don't have a status on whether he is going to um, return or anything like that because this is just happening right now. So that's bad. So go and grab. Someone told me I mispronounced. And this was really, I found this was a laugh. Someone said, hey, you're mispronouncing Reed on the Timberwolves. I call him Naz Reed. But he said, no, it's actually Nas. And that... that I, I am wrong on that. Like, it is Nas Reed. I'm sorry. So it should be Nas Reed. But then they said, yeah, you pronounce it like you pronounce Wizard of Oz. I go, bro, in my, in my accent, we say Oz. We don't say Oz. Yeah, Oz and Nas sounds sounds the same. I agree. Um, if I was to call him the same way I pronounced the, the Wizard show, I'd call him what? Nas Reed. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, so anyway, Nos Reed um, is worth an ad. Now, we add him and we just see what happens with Gobert. The New Orleans Pelicans. Is this bloke's toes serious, Brandon Ingram? What's going on? Really annoyed about their lack of transparency with this injury. He's not going to play Monday. I have to doubt he plays Wednesday. Maybe he joins them on the road trip on Friday. It's consistently frustrating. It keeps giving us value for Trey Murphy and Najee Marshall with Ingram out. Herb Jones is out on Monday. And of course, um, Zion Williamson still out with a hamstring. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. I expect Zion back probably this start of February without a hamstring injury. So we just keep rolling with Murphy. We keep rolling with Najee Marshall until things change. But it's frustrating. This Ingram stuff is bullshit. I don't know what... We're two months almost. It's almost two months for an injury that no one's actually told us what's wrong. Annoying. This one's good. The Knicks have no one. No injuries. Cool. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a bunch of um, injuries as well. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Maybe he's a week or two away from coming back from his ankle. Usman Jeng, probably about two to three weeks with his wrist injury. Alexei Pokyshevsky's yeah, a month plus. We don't need to be holding him, obviously. And Eugene Omaroy missed last game with back soreness. With Robinson Earl, he's not an ad. Even when he comes back, I wouldn't be rushing to grab him. It just leads to more confusion with the um, Robinson Earl, Jalen Williams, that's Pig Williams, Mike Muscala, Aaron Wiggins, Darius Baisley, Kendrick Williams mix, and just more confusion in there. The next team. They, historically, of the last two years, have been one of the teams with the longest injury list. And now, there's only two guys on there. One of them is Jonathan Isaac, who's playing in the G League who possibly has a chance to return maybe Saturday. They've got a Friday-Saturday back-to-back on a weird schedule. They've got two games a week, and it's a Friday-Saturday back-to-back. So maybe Isaac plays on Saturday. I, I, as I've said multiple times, I do not believe that Jonathan Isaac is going to impact fantasy leagues, 12-team fantasy leagues this season. Someone's like, man, John Isaac's going to make you eat, eat your words. Okay. If he does, he does. I'm just knowing the bloke hasn't played in 900 days, and... He's not going to be a starter on this team and he's going to be handled really cautiously with low minutes and I just don't think it's worth it. I just don't think it's worth it in a 12-team league. Now, his return will further hurt guys like Boll and Mo Wagner and Gary Harris and Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony, all those players who are getting bench minutes. They'll hurt all of those. But uh, uh, yeah, And they're not rosterable players. But neither is Isaac. Shumura KK is still probably a week away as well from his knee issue. I'm not even sure that a KK is going to be in the rotation, given that everyone else is healthy. Speaking of everyone else being healthy, Philadelphia 76ers, they are healthy. No one on the injury report. Good. Move on. The Suns have got a bad list. Really bad list. Chris Paul, for the second time this season. It's fine. Everything's fine, boys. Like my hip, it's actually totally okay. Just like my heel was totally okay and I missed four weeks. And now my hip is totally okay and I've missed four consecutive games and ruled out Monday. Is there a chance he returns Thursday? Yeah. Do I trust the 38-year-old habitual liar, apparently? I don't think so. I, I don't... You know, and then his replacement is still up in the air. Because well, campaign's still out with a foot injury. Um, Landry Shamet is back for Monday. Is he a must-roster player? D- don't, don't know. He, he helps win points and threes. And he will get more assists with Paul out. This Shamet returning does hurt Dwayne Washington Jr., but I wouldn't say that Shamit's necessarily must roster. He's fine to try in 12-team, but that's about it. As for Washington, I think he's a streamer. He hurts you too often. He never plays 30 minutes. He's a points guy who can shoot 30%. 
So he's not someone that I really gravitate towards. And the return of Shamit, just an extra name in that backcourt. Yeah, Shamit and Lee could easily play minutes over, over Washington. Cam Johnson, I don't know. We heard he was doing no contact and limited to a few minutes of one-on-one. And then he said, no, I'll be back in a week. All right, that None of that adds up. But we still don't know when Cam Johnson's returning. I'm still going to guess he doesn't play this week and maybe the week after. He will be a slower ramp-up, I would guess. And his upside is not top 50. It's not top 60. It's not top 70. I think he can be top 100. But you've got to work out, can you afford zeros waiting for him to return? And then when he comes back, maybe he's the 160th player for another week or two after that. That would be how you... Look, when he is ready to return, I would add him and and deal with that. But you might be two, three weeks away still from him being an impactful player. Jay Crowder continues to cry and he is not available to play. Portland. It's only Justice Winslow. Gary Payton's back. Nasir Little's back. Winslow's still out for a few more weeks with the ankle sprain. How they um, decide to run the rotation is going to be really, really curious as to which players get um, get the minutes. And because now that they're healthy, like where does Winslow fit in? Where does Little fit in? Where does Peyton fit in? They get into a stage where they haven't had all these guys healthy all season. So we don't know how it's all going to work. Josh Hart is the one at risk. Still hold him, but he is at risk at losing some playing time, I think. The next one is the Sacramento Kings. No one's injured. All good. They've had, and I know Sabonis had the thumb issue, but he missed like one game. They have had so many times where there's just nobody injured all season. Remarkable injury run. I worry that maybe the injury bug bites them at some point, but they've been remarkably healthy. The San Antonio Spurs, it's Devin Vassell. Still Vassell, you know, weeks away. I wouldn't bother holding him in 12-team leagues. Um, I just don't think they're going to rush him back. He's going to be limited. Yeah, it's still a long way away. He has had the surgery. Though. The only other injury there is Doug McDermott with the back tightness. And someone said, like, yeah, last week on the injury report, you talked about Vassell. And he said, I you already talked about it. I had I'd done, like, three shows talking about the Vassell replacements. And yeah, maybe I shouldn't have skipped over it. But yeah, look, I don't believe holding on to Vassell is the right move. I don't believe that Romeo Langford is a 12-team league player. I don't believe that Jeremy Sohan is a 12-team league player. And I think Josh Richardson's a very much a fringe 12-team league player. Very much fringe. And I, I wouldn't have him as a must-roster guy. You'll have games where Richardson pops off, and last game was really good. He played 30 minutes, but he played 21 the game before that. And he's very, very up and down in his production. So the guy who really gets the boost is Trey Jones, but he was already rostered. So there's no, like, we've got to add Langford. We Actually, we've got to do the opposite. We've got to get Langford all the way out of there. Yeah, Richardson's the only one you consider, and even then, that's not really a must-roster scenario. Toronto, no injuries. Fred Van Vliet was on the injury report with back issue. But he's fine. He's playing. Well, he's not fine. He's playing on Monday. We'll see if it crops up over this five-game week. And we'll see how they, if anything, manages to happen with them playing 40 minutes or not. Although, Nick Nurse has been better with that. The Utah Jazz. Larry Markkinen. Hip injury. Missing his second consecutive game on Monday. Kelly Linick, I'm going to assume, is out for the rest of this week as well with the ankle problem. So, we still keep rolling. Big minutes for Walker Kessler. Vanderbilt gets another start, but I'm not really that interested in him. Um, and now we've got to watch what happens with like the Horton Tucker, Alexander Walker, and Beasley minutes. I think Beasley's going to be the guy with Mark in and out um, to, to roster as, as well as Walker Kessler there, obviously. But I don't think that anything's serious here with Mark and hopefully not. But we need to wait on and see on that. And then in Washington, lastly, um, Bradley Beal. He's been cleared for activity last week, but he's still ruled out on Monday, which I'm glad they're taking a little bit of time with him, it still would have liked maybe a little bit more, but we are closing in on two weeks since the re-injury of his hamstring. So maybe he returns Wednesday against the Knicks. With him out, it's more usage to Kuzma, Porzingis, Morris, um, Avdia, Kispert, 
but I don't think any... Morris is the only guy in 12-10 leagues I'd consider. Um, Avdia, Kispert, I wouldn't. And we'll see what happens when Beal returns. But it's probably only one more game on the sidelines, I would guess, for Bradley Beal. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.